Hi, I'm Gavin Carlson, and this is Out of Bounds, Daily Bruin Sports Podcast. Basketball is back in Westwood. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Out of Bounds, the official sports podcast of the Daily Bruin. As always, I'm your host, Gavin Carlson, a fourth-year sports staff writer at the Daily Bruin, and I am back with the football trio, even though we're talking basketball, Jack Nelson, Joseph Crosby, sports editor and boss Joseph Crosby. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, Gavin. I'd like to point out that you said as always, but if I remember correctly, I hosted Out of Bounds recently, so it's as most of the time. He's got you there, Gavin. Um, I will say that during the podcast this week, this past week, discussing football, I did say in the first podcast, I can't say as always today because I missed last week, and then on the second episode, I said, I'm already back to saying as always. So. Well, I got to keep you honest, it's, Gavin. It's factually That's incorrect. That's my job. Hashtag factually incorrect. Um, and then I said, as always, essentially with football, Jack Nelson, we're doing basketball, but Jack is still the face of the football pod. I said that last time. I'm and sticking to it. And the hair of the football pod. Anyways, Jack, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Let me tell you guys a little story. Oh, no. Oh. Many, many eons ago, eons. the gods of sports looked down on us patrons of Earth and said, College basketball, here it is, and it is college basketball, it is back, it is now time for college basketball, I'm so excited, dude, the season is here, let's get to it. I'm ready for some college basketball. I gotta say, between, <laughs> that was out of nowhere. That was quite the intro, between Jack's story, Joseph calling me out, we were off to a great start. We're having fun. Just like the UCLA men's basketball team is off to a great start, look at that transition. Um, in this episode today, we're discussing, we're doing a little men's basketball season preview, going over the roster, the new players, the returners, Mick Cronin, Pauly Pavilion, everything that has to do with UCLA basketball in this episode, previewing the 2023-24 season. Um, just for, you know, just to say, we are recording this after the first exhibition game on Tuesday where the Bruins unsurprisingly had a blowout win. Um, but we are now jumping into the official regular season, real games. And let's just remind everyone real quick about what UCLA lost last year, why don't we? Um where do we start? Jaime Hawkins I mean, Jr.? You, you got to start Jaime Hawkins Jr. The guy was, you know, the face of the team for quite a few years and then goes 18th overall to Miami. That's the biggest That's the biggest loss, Pac-12 player of the year. And all of a sudden, you know, now he's in the NBA. Great for him. He's doing big things. Uh, but it does leave a pretty big hole in UCLA's roster. Yeah, I mean, it's about as large a hole as you can leave um, because of how, how many different ways he affected the game, right? Obviously, he's leading the, leading the team in scoring basically every game, but the offense ran through him in that high post and that low post, became a really solid two-way player, um, really was doing everything by the end of his career. The uh, quintessential Mick Cronin player, yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, but not just him. You know, you lose your point guard of many years in a row, and I think that's a very underrated loss in Tiger Campbell. I think we're going to talk about that position definitely 100%. later in this episode. But um, let's just jump into it. Why don't we? We're going we're gonna to talk about the new players. We're going to make our predictions for maybe the regular season and all that. So let's jump into the new players. Um, I'd say, who, who do you think is the biggest headline coming into this year in terms of freshmen um, in this unique recruiting class for Mick Cronin? Is it a Daimara? I think it has to be a Daimara, the way I see it. I mean, let's, the guy is 7'3". He is I the biggest him, that I way. Saw biggest. Him, yeah. <laughs> I saw him going down Brunwalk on a bird yesterday, and he was leaning over on the handlebar. Oh, yeah. It was I'm not going to be pretty funny. But it's the tallest player UCLA's had in 
a long I can't recall the last time UCLA had a player over seven feet on their roster. Yeah, it's been a minute. So it's I mean, we heard about what he accomplished in Spain, how difficult it was to get him to UCLA in the first place. It was yeah. quite an exhaustive process. Um, but yeah, he's just you already had a Dembona uh sending what, a tall six ten. And then you bring in a 7-3 Adai Mara, and you have so much height in that, potentially that starting rotation. We'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, he's got definitely got to be the face of the newcomers here. And one thing you said, how difficult it was to get Adai here, and I, I guess I want to bring this up. Just what were your guys' thoughts, I'm, I'm curious, of, of the recruiting cycle for Mick Cronin with this team? It was definitely unusual. And I remember last year um, with people in the office talking about, yo, we don't, the UCLA doesn't have any big name recruits, and t- t- you know the clock is ticking, it's running out, but kind of at the last minute, all these European you know, prospects come in and, and it's definitely the most unique team I think we've had in Westwood in a while. What do you think of the way kind of Mick put this team together in terms of the recruits this year? Yeah, I think Mick Cronin seemed like he saw what was getting lost in just in the course of the natural course of a progression of a team and kind of just went in a different direction, maybe a more unique direction than a lot of other players or a lot of other coaches would go in terms of recruiting. But I don't want to discount the uh, Brandon Williams, Devin Williams, Sebastian Mactria, because those Absolutely. are all very talented four-star prospects in their own rights. And, you know, <clears throat> they might be getting overshadowed in terms of headlines by by Mara and uh, Berke Buyuk-Tunjil. Oh, but, uh, you know, they're still they're still talented guys, and they're going to make an impact on this team. I got excited because Joseph took the first plunge of the day in terms of a difficult name, and, and he absolutely nailed it. So shout out to him. Um, stick to barricade from now on. Yeah. And also, it's I think it's also worth mentioning, just in college basketball these days, you see a lot of teams refuel by going to the transfer portal. That is the go-to route for a lot of modern coaches in college basketball. Not at all what Mick Cronin did. Obviously, yeah. he went out and got um, Lazar Stefanovic from Utah, right? That's really that's the only transfer yeah. they got into this team. And everything else is mainly international recruiting, as you said, a couple of you know hometown players as well. Um, but obviously their international recruiting was a big part of this process for them. Absolutely. And it's almost like a different type of transfer portal because you're getting guys that have played against professional competition or at least a different style of basketball versus just getting the typical, obviously, uh, prototype from high school. So and it's harder to gauge what that impact will be because, you know, you look at a, like there's a lot of comps of high school players to college pipeline. Right. But looking at that international to the college basketball, it's a little bit harder to tell, like, oh, what is this guy going to do? What's he going to be? And it makes it a bigger a bigger question mark. Um, but also, I think it kind of raises the ceiling a little bit when you take away, like, if he's not a blue-chip high school player, like, you kind of know what you're getting. But, right. you know, with these guys, there's there's a lot of potential there and a lot of, like, a really high ceiling, I think. And if there's a coach that doesn't mind not being ranked to start the season, um, being under the radar, it's, it's probably Mick Cronin, right? So I yeah. think he's very satisfied with, where the roster is at and where expectations are because kind of mixed expectations. I think the team across town is the team that's um, getting all the talk with the recruits and everything. But enough of that. Let's go and talk about we're going to have a couple different uh, rounds of picking different topics, I guess you could say. Um, the first question is um, the most important player for UCLA this season other than Adem Bona. I think everyone can agree that that he's the guy. He's the guy for UCLA. Obviously, the biggest returner. Mick's come out and said it. Yeah. He's the guy. He said, yeah, we expect Adam to be the guy this season. And it's kind of interesting just because he's not, like, obviously some crazy score or a guy on the perimeter. But for him to, you know, for Mick to say we're running the team through a post player that's really not very ball dominant or anything, pretty interesting. Um, but who, do, who wants to go first with their most important non-Adem Bona player for UCLA? I've gotten the point from Jack, which means I will be talking about uh, Berke. I think that he's going to be kind of that the, the four to a Dems five. And I know we're going to break down the starting rotation projections a little bit. I know my take is a little different than what Gavin and Jack have to say. Definitely. But I think 
uh, Berke provides, I think at 6'9", a little bit more flexibility in terms of what he can be for the team than Adaimara is like 7'3". He's just, that's a center, and you play him at the 5. Whereas Berke can present a little bit more flexibility in terms of a small lineup or a big lineup and where he fits in that. And I think that uh, he had a lot of really you know, big numbers, uh, or just showed a lot of talent uh, out in Europe. He was a all-star five at the FIBA U19 World Cup, just a lot of kind of medals or accolades like that uh, from and coming from Turkey. And I think he's going to be a big, a big role in this offense and just this team as a whole. Yeah, for me, I think it's got to be Dylan Andrews. Um, as Gavin mentioned earlier, just losing Tiger Campbell, he was the starting point guard for, what, four years here? First year he was injured, I believe. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he that is the point of leadership for any given offense. I had the opportunity to speak with Dylan early this week about how he feels about stepping into that role and that sort of responsibility. He's had, of course, conversations with Coach Cronin about it and everything like that, um, but he sounds like he's definitely ready to step into that role. Of course, it's tough moving into that immediately as a sophomore, um, and it's such a big change for UCLA, as we said, because Tiger's been such a focal point of the offense. But of course, at point guard, you're leading the flow of the offense, you're leading the pace. There's so much running around you that I think Dylan Andrews, all the success of this team, a lot of it comes back to him and what he's able to do in this new position and this new role. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, point guard, it's it's so vital. And especially with, like you were saying, the pick and roll and, and not having really a ball-dominant player. Um, who do I go with for my most important player? I'm while you, going to while go you with... think about that, I was just going to say, <laughs> on the topic of Dylan and Adem, I think it's really interesting how, with the way this team is constructed, the two primary sources of leadership seem to be a couple of sophomores, which I think is just something you don't see all that often. Uh, but just because of how this team is built, there's these two guys coming off years of getting to watch, you know, David Singleton, Jaime Hawkins, Tiger Campbell lead this team. And now they're taking up that role so fast. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't know why I acted like I didn't know who my most important <laughs> player was. I was I, it was a little unnecessary uh, drama there. But I'm going with Lazar Stefanovic, um, the Utah transfer snipe sharpshooter snipe shooter sharpshooter um shot 33% from 3 um i believe 2 years ago and then was like 35% uh, last season um he's a shooter and i think the, the reason why i have him as most important do i think he's going to lead the team in scoring no do i think he's going to have you know eight assists a game certainly not do i even think he's going to be the guy on the floor at the end of games i'm not sure but i think he just does something that no one else on the team does very well and that is shoot the 3 um, at a very important rate. He's also, I've heard from people that because he's one of the older guys, he's sort of already taken up a leadership role. Um, and I think that's something you have to have this year with all the, not only freshmen, but just people coming from so many different directions, uh, transfer portal, Europe, all that good stuff. So I yeah. think just the overall responsibility that he has, I think it's it's something that won't always come up on the box score, but he's going to be very vital for this team. Yeah, and kind of what for a little bit of what I saw in the exhibition, we got to see a little bit of Stefanovic in that game. Um, he definitely seems like he's taking a lot of the minutes for this team this season. Well, as I said, we'll get in the starting rotation later. Um, but he also seems to kind of fit the Jaime Hawkins archetype a little bit. He's got kind of the old school playability. He's mm -hmm. got like the same kind of build. So he's a little reminiscent. Obviously, he doesn't have the same talent level. And of course, the you know the, all the fame that Jaime you know accomplished here, what he what he a did, lot. but <laughs> which is quite a lot, obviously. Yeah. Um, notably, nobody was wearing number twenty four in this exhibition game. So <laughs> I won't be surprised if they retired Jaime's number anytime soon. Mm. That's yeah. a bold claim right there. I'll, I'll say uh, Stefanovic, it, at least in one of the practices I attended, like the open media practices, he seemed to be a very loud presence on the court and just talking a lot and, you know, 
talking to other players and maybe I think that kind of lends credence to the fact that he's also kind of adopted this leadership role, especially coming as a junior who spent two years in the Pac-12. Yeah, just one of those guys that, you know, Mick Mick is famous for pointing at you on the court and yelling at you and ripping you off the floor if you're messing up. I don't think we're going to see that very much with him. Um, just He just seems like he's not going to make many mistakes this year. Um, but with that, we will transition to the second topic slash question. And this is kind of an interesting one. It's who do you think is going to take the biggest leap if it's a returner or just exceed expectations the most if you pick a freshman? Um, Jack, you want to start this one off? Yeah, I'll go with a little bit of a dark horse. Uh, not many people are going to have this one. Uh, I'm going to say Jan Vide. We haven't okay. really talked about him yet. He is from Slovenia, and we went to school Madrid, Spain. But uh, basically, this is a guy that we don't know much about, uh, along with many players on this team. Um, very productive in his time abroad. Uh, it's averaging about 17.9 points per game and uh, number number three in scoring in the FIBA U19 World Cup. Um, but I think he'll he's like one of those players we're talking about simply from a freshman standpoint. This is how I see it. Um, this is one of those freshmen that, of course, he doesn't have like the same, you know, all these fame as like maybe Burke and Adai coming in. But I can definitely see him taking a step forward uh, if given the minutes. But this is another, like I said, big dark, dark horse candidate here. Excuse me. I think for me, uh, I see Sebastian Mack as the, the breakout freshman. I think he was the one of the higher ranked recruits in the class. They were all very similarly uh, rated, but he was. We, we saw it at the exhibition on on Monday or Tuesday. Sorry, that he the twenty three points, the the quickness on defense, and just the the hustle was very reminiscent of Dylan Andrews. It seemed they are very similar players. Uh, he looked very comfortable scoring very comfortable in the lanes. He was just such a all-around. He had a really good showing in a game environment, uh, and I think he's going to be a player to watch as a freshman kind of in that that backup to Dylan Andrews' role that we've, uh, you know, that Dylan Andrews moved into Tiger Campbell's spot. Now Sebastian Mack is moving into what Dylan Andrews was last year, and I think he showed a lot of potential in that exhibition game. Yeah, I think he definitely can, at the very least, you know, not put pressure on Dylan, but Dylan has to make sure he's going to you know, be you know, make that leap that we're expecting for him, or else Sebastian Mack is going to try to push for those minutes. He is more of a combo guard, less of a pure point guard, maybe. Um, but I think, yeah, he he looked phenomenal, phenomenal from the jump. And obviously, like we said, exhibition. It's hard to take too much. But for my player, surprising, I, I didn't expect Joseph to go with Burke for um, uh, the the first topic. So I'm going to take a die because I felt like the expectations on a die I thought were higher than at least you two had and oh, definitely people, definitely yeah um i i think it's at seven three um hearing uh, hearing from some people what they want to do with him in terms of him and, and them working high post low post a lot of you know it's one of those things you get the ball in a big guy's hand at the free throw line he keeps it over his head and he throws a lob to the other big guy and what's the defense going to do unless they have someone who's also seven one right like or seven three the but, only thing you do is be purdue and have zach Eady and <laughs> that's what you do exactly then, but that's one team exactly so i think that he, um, obviously very slim body frame right now. He's going to need to take some time to get stronger. The good thing is that because of a dem, he kind of has that protection. He doesn't, he's not going to be expected to be a rim protector or anything like that, or have to box out the biggest guy on the team. A dem will handle that. Um, so he'll just have some rain to kind of grow into the college game, get stronger. And I just, 
think his skills are underrated. He's going to be a great passer. I think that's his best skill, which is rare for a seven three guy. Yeah. Um, and he'll get better scoring throughout the season. So that's who, that, I think just whatever the expectations are, and I know in terms of the draft, maybe they're high, top twenty pick or something. People are saying, but in terms of how he contributes to this team, um, I think he's going to contribute uh, and, and be probably a top three player for the team by the end of the season. That's my take. Um, I talk about just Gavin's opinion, just mine, not not the Daily Bruins opinion, just mine. Um, now we're going to talk about the starting lineup and the rotation. I kind of hinted at it. Joseph having Burke at, at the four, I guess. You I've got I've got the hot take on. Do you want me to start? Yeah, you got to go All because right. I, I don't think either of us go have that. I'll yeah, go. I don't have it. Maybe this it. is my nuclear basketball take. I've got Dylan Andrews at the one, uh, Sebastian Mack at the two, uh, Lazar Stefanovic at the three, Burke Buktunjul at the four, and then a Dembone at the five. I, just, I'm seeing that as the starting lineup day one. That's what you think it should be, or that's what it will be. That's what I. That's what it will be. That's what I'm projecting them to do. I don't think it Daimara starts. Okay. At least at the start of the season. Interesting. Interesting. Shall I, shall I go for it? Go all for right. It, here we go. All right. At the one, we've got Dylan Andrews. I think we can all agree on that one. Yeah, that one's pretty um, At the two, I have Will McClendon. At the three, uh, Lazar Stefanovic for a Daimara, and then five, a Dembona. Um, I'll just get the differences with like Gavin. Do you want to give you the first? And well, actually, I have talk. the exact same one as Jack in all terms right, of what I right. think it will be. I think that's I, yeah, I have yeah. the same thing. That's I, what I think I'm, it will be. I might be underrating the McCronin propensity to use his uh, returning players against freshmen. Yeah. with the Will McClendon versus Sebastian Mack pick because I could fully see uh, McClendon over Mack in my roster. But I'm I'm going to maintain barricade the four, a dem at the five, a die off the bench. Yeah, I I, I, I think it depends too because I think Will. I know he struggled a bit offensively, but if there was something he's shown so far in Westwood is that he can be a, I think he has the potential to be an elite perimeter defender um, with time. Um, so I, I think it depends if you have Burke starting. I don't think he's as defensively gifted yet, maybe. And so maybe you'd want Will in or maybe not. But Jack, I think you wanted to call out Joseph, so I'll let you go. Yeah, I think you got to have a Daimara in this lineup. The way I see it, um, especially when you have two guys with that kind of length, that kind of you know shot blocking ability, the ability to guard the paint like that, um, I think Mick will definitely have both those guys plugged in. Uh, and if not, he might find a way to work Burke in as well with a die and a down. I won't be surprised. He said it. He said in the it presser. In the presser yeah, and the after the exhibition game, he said it. He will see that lineup at many points this season. Um, but also, I think at the shooting guard position, like Will McClendon, I I think from at least the beginning of the season, I think it has to be him. I think Mick's going to want some kind of veteran presence in that rotation. I think obviously Sebastian Mack certainly showed a lot in exhibition. At the same time, it is an exhibition. Um, yeah. And as Gavin mentioned, Wimbledon has had his struggles from three-point range. But I think just because this is such a young team and you need some returners and some returning talent in that rotation, I think you have to have Will in there. Yeah, I think maybe I'm reading a little too much into at, at- the first of media availability of the season, Mick talked about how Adai is like a full year younger. They're, they're both freshmen, but Adai is like a full year younger than Berke. And he talked about how with Adai playing on a professional team, um, how those teams don't practice. And so when Adai is not getting minutes, he's not like playing basketball that much. And so Berke is a more polished player, despite both of them being international students coming in as freshmen. That's just where they are in their basketball development and their age and size as being a lot more refined as a player. Uh, and I think that's going to play out into a way where Adai is not making that starting five. I think that's a great point. And honestly, I think I might adjust a little bit. I think you're probably right. I don't think you're right about 
uh, Mac at the two. I, I'm probably wrong about Mac. I think that'll probably that'll probably be Will McClendon. But I could see, like you're saying, maybe like the first, like kind of through the non-conference schedule before the big games, you know, the Maui Invitational, all that, just these first couple of games, it being Burke. Um, but I think when you're going against these powerhouse teams towards the middle of the non-conference schedule, I think you want your best your best option at the four, and I think it will be a dive. I, I think there's so much versatility. Like, if you want to go big lineup, you go a die, a dem, Berke at the three, yeah. Yep. And then you go, like, Lazar Stefanovic at the one, and, like, uh, the two. Elon at, oh, at the oh. two. Or, um, or uh, not Elon, but uh, also Vide. Uh, Jan Vide at the two. Like, you can have a lineup where your shortest guy is 6'6", six, six. Which I think is kind of crazy. Yeah. And still, and then you have yeah. six nine, six ten, seven three uh, playing at the three four five. It's just like a really tall team. And another thing, mix that is that backspace game is one of the very few instances they're going to play small this season. Mm-hmm. You just have so much, like so much height on this team. Yeah. And with that, there's still a lot of raw talent. So you got to experiment with some of these guys and figure out how a bunch of these players are going to gel together on the court. And then if you want to go small, you have some players there, not as much as they used to. Obviously, usually teams the past three or four years are much smaller, but far more. You know, there's a ton of chemistry there. They accomplish a lot. So it's just a very, very different team. We know this. Yeah, and I think it could be, I don't know. I feel like this could be a defining, I I, I don't want to exaggerate too much, but like in terms of Mick Cronin, this, this team feels like a Mick Cronin team in terms of you have length, you have guys that are underrated. I think this team's going to play well defensively. Uh, eventually, I, I feel like coming in, there are a bunch of young guys that are kind of undersized in terms of strength and whatnot. If he can get them a bit stronger, he's going to love having a bunch of young guys that don't have egos, that with long arms, kind of pressing teams, making causing havoc. And because of the low expectations, I think people are going to give a lot of the credit to him if yeah. this team does go on to do big things because I mean, they're not ranked right now. All the recruits are kind of, you know, not no names, but in terms of how he got them, like we said, I think Mick Cronin could really boost his overall credibility um, in the college basketball landscape. Which is already very high. Yeah, exactly. This is the first almost, I'll say almost, just because Kenneth Nuba has been around for a while and wasn't a Cronin recruit, but otherwise, all of these are Cronin players now. Right. Like, Jaime Hawkins wasn't a Cronin guy. Right. Um, And so, this is the first time that Cronin's had his team, and he's done very well with players that weren't necessarily his recruits, and now we get to see that this is the, the image of the team as he wants it to be for the next few years at least. Yeah. Nuba is literally the only player on this roster who was here before McCronin. There's mm-hmm. only one left. It's just him. Um and so yeah, as you said, like this is totally Mick Cronin's team now. He can like this is the way this is the way he envisioned it and now he can execute it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know he got criticized for maybe how he handled Peyton Watson a little bit. I know people have discussed that. Amari maybe not so much. So I think it's going to be interesting. I don't think I criticize just in the sense of like, you know, he's a five-star recruit that wasn't yeah. starting and all this stuff. So um now you have to start a freshman. You can't. Exactly. You can't not. So it'll be really fun to see what happens. I Talking about what happens, what will happen. Let's go to our predictions now. What Just, will happen. I don't need, like, if this isn't football. We're not doing game by game or anything like that. But, like, is, is this team ranked in the top 25 at the end of the season? Are they a top five seed uh, going into the tournament? What do we think? Who wants to go first? I'll take a plunge if no one else wants to. You can go first, Gavin. Go for it, Gavin. I think this team is going to be right around. I think they will be ranked. Um I was honestly kind of surprised they weren't. Um, they're right on the bubble. I think they're 26 or 27 yeah. in the AP poll. But like the top three teams not receiving votes. I think I'd have them at, I'd say like in the 16 to 20 range um, at the end of the season, which I think is kind of a nice place to be in almost. If you get that four or five seed, um, I think that's a reasonable goal for this team. Um, 
I don't think they're going to be – might be a hot take. I don't think they're going to be competing for the Pac-12 title. Is that kind of a crazy take? I don't know. I think the regular season championship might be a difficult yeah. goal to attain. but Because of these, all the new faces. I think this team could get hot in four games in Vegas at the Pac-12 tournament. I totally win, agree. And win that. Yeah, it's possible. Um, but regular season, I it's, think it's mostly out of the question. Yeah, they're just going to be – Out of the question? Figure, no, I mean, out of the question is – you, well, yeah, they're just going to be they're going to be strong. figuring things out for a little bit, and that might set them back a little too much early on in terms of conference play mm-hmm. to overcome. You know, when if they hit end up do hitting their stride uh, towards the back half of the regular season play, but you know maybe things gel faster, or maybe there's all the kids are uh, defensive geniuses that do exactly what Mick Cronin wants them to. Yeah, I think it will take time, but I do think, like I said, if they're in that like sixteen to twenty range. And then they're getting hot at the right time, which we always love to say, get hot at the right time. Then it's March Madness and anything can happen. Right. I think it would be interesting. Be watching this entire MLB postseason. Sorry. I... Baseball, Joseph. I no, no, you're right, though. You're right, though. It's get about, hot, it's get about hot getting hot at the right, hot at right time. time. Absolutely. And I think especially probably March Madness more than any sporting tournament. Oh, very much so. Right. So um, any last takes on predictions? I'll say that definitely ranked bubble top five seed, I guess, in the tournament. Like six or seven, I think is a. Is also totally possible. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, I mean, they could end up as high as like four. I don't think they end up in a top three seed. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely on the lower end. I'd probably say like as like six or seven. I think six six pro- feels like a six feels like a number. good number the I way think. I see it. Um, and then I guess AP poll wise, I'd say between twenty and twenty five, honestly. Um, just because I don't know, I have I have some doubts about these freshmen just because I mean. A lot of this is speculation. We know so little about these. A lot of these guys. It's like it all comes down to we like we didn't watch Mara using or <laughs> play uh, yeah. at the exhibition. Fibas. Yeah, yeah. So I we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think for now that that's just the way I see it. Yeah. And then just for fun, it'll, be, it? it'll be fun when it comes around and we're like, Haha, look at past selves from four months ago. Yeah, exactly. That's we why we're we doing didn't this. know what we were talking about. We didn't know anything. That's why we're doing. It. I think uh, our opinions will. It's kind of fun though. Change. Each week you're going to learn so much about this team. Yeah. I think that's going to make it really fun. Um, just because I want to embarrass us even more, give me where this team finishes at the end of the season just so we can see how off we are. Who's taking it? I'm going to say sweet 16 birth, but eventually a loss in that round. Um, I think it comes back to McCronin. He is one of the best coaches in college basketball. He's extremely consistent in March. So I think even if you have a team like this where there's just so much inexperience and so many questions, I think he can still find a way to get this team into the sweet 16. That's what I was going to say. Sweet 16. I don't know. Third consecutive year of the Sweet 16 exit feels weird to like project, but I mean, you have a good game in the Sweet 16 and you make the Elite Eight, but I feel like Sweet 16 is probably the, the reasonable like projection in terms of where this team will probably be by the end of the season. Well, on the football pod, me, Joseph, not Joseph, me, Jack, and Grace all, or sorry, Jack, Grace, and I, for any grammar players out there. King. Um, <laughs> we all had the trifecta of picking UCLA to lose to Arizona. We're all going to have the trifecta right now of having UCLA lose in the Sweet 16. I have that as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We could be totally wrong. This team could be cutting down nets in March. I don't think that that's going to happen, but we'll see. The widest range of outcomes I think UCLA's had in a March very Madness. long time. I think our uh, former boss, Sam Settlement, said it best that March Madness is impossible to predict. Yeah, he was not the first person to say that, but I just remembered him saying yes. that at one point. And especially with this team, I think that it's going to be really fun to to see what happens with this team. But um, clearly, we think it's going to be fun because we talked for quite a bit. Um, so we'll wrap this Basketball one up. Basketball is back. Basketball is back. So Basketball come on, so back. You, you didn't think we were going to get excited and have an extra long episode? Come on now. 
Um, if you haven't, uh, if you weren't able to tell already, based on the fact that you're not looking at our faces, um, this was only an audio podcast. Once again, um, next week we'll be jumping right back into video form. So I know you missed Jack's hair. I know you missed Joseph's hair. I know you, eh, you didn't miss my hair, but, um, we'll be back in video next week, but for now, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple podcasts, still head on over to UCLA daily Bruin on YouTube to uh, look at past, you know, podcasts and all that jazz. But for now. We're going to have a very interesting basketball season, and I hope you guys listen to us discuss it all year long. Follow our amazing content at dailybruin.com. So long, have a good one, and goodbye.